0: Hey guys, it's Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam.
1: And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Murder. So, to speaking of murder, I'm excited. So, I think uh, Sarah's telling our story today, and I think this might be our first two parter. Is that right? Yes. Awesome.
0: So, don't hate me that you're going to be left on a cliffhanger. (laughs) Wasn't my idea. (laughs) It's just a long one.
1: Well, awesome. I'm I'm ready for a two parter. I think it'll be fun.
0: I'm sorry, guys. I'm just freezing. It's cold in here. (laughs) I
1: don't know how you're, I'm literally sweating. It's it's hot in here. It's, it's 70 degrees in here.
0: It's all about your body.
1: Are you calling me fat?
2: <laughs> oh, I was waiting. <laughs> I was waiting. She didn't finish her sentence. <laughs> so therefore, no.
0: I did not call you fat.
2: It's all about your uh, nothing. It's not about anything at all. Forget I said it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, well... On that note, let's talk about a murder and. You missed the perfect opportunity there. Speaking of things that are cold. Okay. Speaking of things that are cold, we're going to talk about. I don't get it. Bodies are are cold cold when they're dead. Okay.
2: (laughs) 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 She's just like, whatever. I don't care. I thought I was going like you know cold case you know, <laughs> but
0: this is not a cold case. I don't know the difference.
2: We don't have to get into it. <laughs> you don't know the difference between a cold case and a
0: Th- a cold case. They just haven't found the killer or whatever, and it's been like such a long time, and they have no new evidence and whatever. So okay, like the case went cold. Got yeah.
2: it. <laughs> I don't pay attention to terminology with true crime. I just you guys just tell me stories. <laughs>
0: That you either hate or you hate. So, here we go. We're going to talk about... (laughs) This one has murder, betrayal, and a fugitive on the run. So...
2: Oh, okay. A little bit of everything.
0: Sit back and relax, people, because we're going to talk about a train wreck here.
1: Like a literal train wreck? No.
0: Not literally. All right. So... I'm gonna start by talking about a lady named Audrey Marie Frazier. She was born on June 4th in 1933 in Blue Mountain, Alabama. Her parents were Huey and Lucille. Her father worked in a mill and her mother was a stay-at-home mom, but only while she was a baby. She went back to work once she was a little bit older. And for whatever reason in that time period, they only had that one child, which in that time people thought was weird that they only had one kid.
1: Yeah, I'm real curious. Did she have any uncles like Dewey and Louie, maybe?
0: Um, She did have an uncle, but I don't know what his name is, Bobby. And I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Pretend. Her dad actually had a twin brother that he was super <laughs> jealous of.
2: And no, his name was not Dewey or (laughs) (laughs) Louie.
1: You know that for sure? (laughs) Oh, boy. Also, did she at any point date a guy named Seymour?
0: Oh, my God, God, Bobby.
2: Now I don't even remember what her name was.
1: Audrey. Audrey.
2: Thank you. Okay, so she was an only child. Got it. Work was really (laughs)
0: scarce during this time. And adults usually went to work even when they were sick. Like, this was a time period where it didn't matter if you cut off your left hand, you still went to work the next day. Right. And people started to notice that her dad, Huey, would be ill all the time and stay home from work. And he even, like, disappeared for several months. And would went and stayed with his twin brother. And he took all of the family's savings, everything, and just bounced. Didn't tell them where he was going. So it fell on her mother and her mother's family to take care of her. Well, luckily,
2: they only had one kid.
0: Right. He did come back eventually. But he had, like, the way
2: they described it is he was, like, super jealous of his twin brother. So he went to stay with him for seven months? Just, what, to, like, keep an eye on him? No, you better not be better than me. I'm gonna stay real close. (laughs) I think maybe it was
0: more of a I'm gonna try to emulate you and see what you're doing kind of a deal. Because, see, they worked at this mill and they lived in apartment, like, not really apartments. They lived in these tiny houses that were built on the property where this mill was. And so... They rented their houses from the people who owned the mill, which speaking of, it was only like $2.30 a week to live in this two bedroom house. So to me,
2: I mean, but what size was it was the two bedroom house?
0: I mean, it was like a typical it almost was set up like an apartment but it was like a little bungalow style house and there was like a bunch of houses and people who worked at the mill would just rent these houses so they were on the property where the mill was and so it was like a trade-off you get this cheap housing we get you as an employee kind of a deal but i guess he hated that life so audrey was described as having a sweet temperament and a winning personality But people said there was like this hardness to her and her cousin even said that if she wanted something, she would get it, even if she had to take it by force, like even from like a small child. So she was kind of a bully.
2: Winning personality, but a bully.
0: Yeah, like if she wanted your popsicle, she would be like, give it to me. And if you wouldn't, then she would push you down and take it kind of a deal. And they also said she had, like, every man in the family wrapped around her finger. As a small child, like, every guy in the family would give her whatever she wanted. So she married her first husband on May 8th of 1951. First husband. His name was Frank Hilly. They had two children, Mike and Carol. Waiting for somebody to say something about the Brady Bunch. I was thinking it. (sighs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I I completely missed it. I wasn't thinking of the Brady bunch when you said um, what was his name? Frank. Oh, when you said Frank Hilly, I was thinking of Hank Hill in my head, so I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's one of his is one of his kids, Bobby." But no. <laughs> no. Mike I'm and Carol. I'm here
1: to sell you propane accessories.
2: Yeah, Mike and Carol.
0: Frank got a job in the shipping department at Standard Foundry while Audrey was a secretary. In public, they seemed like this perfect family, but Audrey had a desire to spend money. She only bought the most expensive clothes and would never be caught dead in a thrift store, and even called her cousin names for shopping at Kmart. It wasn't just expensive clothes that Audrey used as a status symbol. It was also cars and the family's home when the couple bought their first home in Anniston Alabama Audrey was not happy with it and hired a friend to redecorate it and her other friends thought this was an extravagant thing to do when you have a small child and you guys are like just starting out one of her friends even said anything she wanted he'd give to her it didn't make any difference whether he could afford it or not she got it to their friends it seemed the couple was getting in over their heads
2: i was gonna say where the hell are they getting the money in the 50s like if I mean, she's he just had a, a decent, secretary
0: he had a decent job but
1: it's all that money he was saving on rent well
0: no, no, no this s- is her husband he works at a foundry
2: yeah Oh, gotcha, gotcha. She grew up in a poor, like...
1: I got mixed up. Got it.
2: So, thinking they
0: would only have one child, Audrey was super surprised when her son was seven years old and she got pregnant again. She only wanted one kid. Super surprised? Yeah. Some people thought (laughs) that she was actually devastated by the birth of her daughter, Carol, mostly because she was perfectly content with just being the mom of one and she could spoil him and that's what she wanted. Is this She wanted to give him the kind of life that she had as a kid where everybody just gave her everything she wanted, whether they could afford it
2: or not. Because she was an only child. Yeah.
0: It turned out, though, that she just treated them both this way. Like Mike and Carol knew they could have whatever they wanted. They just had to ask Audrey, not Frank. Audrey did not know how to discipline the children. And even when she tried, Carol would throw massive tantrums and Audrey would just give her her way. They, the spending just grew worse and worse. Her mother moved into, her her mom moved into their house at some point because she was sick for Audrey to take care of her, and she shared a room with Carol. Audrey would fight with her daughter and her mother daily, pretty much telling anyone who would listen that they didn't love her and that she didn't know what she was going to do with them anymore and that everybody was against her. It was She was a very woe-is-me type of person.
2: Well, I mean, she was essentially buying her children. 100 percent
0: frank on the other hand got along great with lucille and as carol became a teenager their relationship became really close as well and this put huge amount of tension on frank and audrey's relationship because she was jealous she was jealous that her husband had had a better
2: relationship with her mother and her daughter than she did so she's walking around like this uptight like spending money like she's got it thinking that that's the only thing to life
0: yeah that's what i was gonna say
2: like money ain't everything well frank was what people
0: described as a good guy he was quiet and a good boss because at he just kept getting promoted in his company and eventually became like a boss over his area in the company he got to the point where after work, he would go to the Elks Lodge for a couple of drinks. And people said you could not even tell when he was drunk because his personality only got better, not worse. And over the years, Audrey's spending got worse, and Frank spent more time at the
2: lodge. That's not surprising.
0: No. Audrey <laughs> was in so much debt that she got a P.O. box to hide the bills from Frank and she was creating all of this debt in his name I would punch the shit right out of her what Frank also did not know was that his wife was sleeping with all of her bosses for money what
2: <laughs> <laughs> so she would yes she bosses? hers
0: so she would get a job as a secretary work there for a couple years <laughs> Sleep with her boss, get as much money out of him as she could, and then but she would start out where everybody at the place liked her and she was really good at her job and over time she would create enemies and have to go find a new job.
2: Oh my goodness. That doesn't does not surprise me at all. Like no.
0: Not even a little bit. Well, in May of nineteen seventy five, at forty two years old, Frank started to feel sick. He was nauseous, vomiting, and had tenderness in his abdomen. At his doctor, they diagnosed him with a viral stomach ache.
1: What?
2: I
0: feel like I already know what happened.
1: Uh, I know. Uh, 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 did he have cancer? No. No. Was it a tumor?
0: No. They gave him medication and sent him home. She was poisoning his ass. The illness did not with arsenic. ease up, though. So Frank went to the emergency room. They ran tests and he was moved to isolation because they thought he had infectious hepatitis. Their son, Mike, was married at this time and was a minister. So, and Carol was 15. Mike remembers seeing his father before he was put into isolation and he described his skin looking yellow. He said his father Would be carrying on a conversation with you and then start doing something strange like pretending to hold a newspaper or even and like even reading headlines out loud, like he had a real newspaper in his hand. Mike had to help his dad go to the bathroom because he couldn't even hold himself up. So Audrey and Mike stayed in the hospital with Frank that night until. Mike went and picked up his aunt and his grandmother to come help Audrey because Mike had to be back because the next day was Sunday and he had to give a sermon at his church. But when Mike got back to the hospital at 4 a.m. with his grandmother and his aunt, uh, his dad was just laying there not breathing anymore and Audrey was just sitting in an armchair sleeping. Air quotes. Yeah. Doctors tried to revive Frank, but it was too late. He died on May 25th, 1975.
2: Did they say from what? Did she suffocate him or something?
0: Well, here we go. So surprisingly, Audrey gave them permission to do an autopsy. It revealed hepatitis, swelling of the kidneys and lungs, bilateral pneumonia, and inflammation of the stomach. His cause of death was written as infectious hepatitis, according to the autopsy report. Audrey filed for Frank's life insurance just days after his death. He was being poisoned. It came out to be $31,140. This is after all of that debt was paid off.
2: That's how much she took away she, from it. That's how much she took the... away
0: from it. It's 31140 All that debt that he had no idea about. The reason she poisoned him. We'll see. She then took out life insurance policies on herself and both of her kids for $25,000 a piece. So over the next few years, a lot happened. First, she spent money like she had an endless supply of it. And second, she started making up these weird things fake phone calls and intruders and would call the police. She even went like so far as to do the things that she was saying were happening at her house to her neighbor so that the police would believe her. And nobody knows why she was doing this. Like if it was just for
2: attention. She was creating fake intruders. Yes. and And fake being the intruder at her neighbor's house. Yes. And she would create like these... Like, she would say she was getting these obscene phone calls. Was she going to try to, like, fake her own death by intruder? I don't know. No one
0: knows why she was doing this. But it's, like, some weird crap. <laughs>
1: just off her rocker.
0: Well, at the time, Audrey and Carol's relationship just kept getting worse. They were always fighting because Audrey thought Carol was wasting her life and did not act like a lady. She, you know, wore pants and was more of like a tomboy and also kind of liked girls. So it pissed Audrey off and she's like, no, I want you to wear dresses and makeup and do your hair and date a nice gentleman. So they fought constantly.
2: Like, I'm literally, all I'm picturing in my head is, like, no wire hangers is what I'm picturing <laughs> in my head. That's kind of what I pictured in my head. Because see where it comes from. Yeah. Mommy Dearest. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah.
0: Is I've never seen movie? it. I just know where it, where it comes from.
2: Yeah, it's a movie. It's a horrible
0: movie. Well, the year after Frank died, Audrey's mother was diagnosed with cancer and went downhill quickly. When she passed away, Audrey sold her parents' house and blew through that money as well. Mike had moved to Florida at this point to minister at a church there, and Audrey sold her house in Aniston, thinking she was going to move there with him and his wife, because his wife was pregnant. She wanted to be around her grandson. She didn't like it, though. Her and Carol moved right back to Aniston. They started staying with Frank's mother, Carrie. She just, all she wanted Audrey to do was pay the electric bill and half of the phone bill. But Audrey wouldn't. Like, she would say she did, but actually wasn't
1: paying the bills. That's not a big ask if someone's living with you.
0: No. She sounds like a deadbeat. Well, she sounds like somebody who's super obsessed with possessions to the point that she doesn't care about real life yeah she's a
2: material girl
0: yeah
1: in a material (laughs) world
0: well pretty soon her son started getting phone calls from debt collectors surprising yeah because audrey's ever mounting debt and they're like we can't find your mother so you're next in line we want our money
1: i don't think that's how that works it
0: maybe it did back in the 70s also, you still probably had to put a reference and whoever you put as references for loans and stuff. Yeah, they used become to be responsible.
1: No, it's only if you're a co-signer.
0: No, I think back in the day when they were because they weren't doing it like it wasn't like a legit credit card. It was like a you went into the store and they gave it to you on faith that you were going to pay.
1: Oh, so it's that it's just an interpersonal thing, right? Gotcha. So she would right.
0: always give her son's name as a if I don't pay, my son's good for it, right? Well, he was not. He was like, I'm not paying your fucking bills, you crazy woman,
2: right? When she has blew through a life insurance policy, she has blew through the money of selling two separate houses, right? And yet she's still riddled with debt. Like, what the fuck, lady? Yeah, I know. Well, when he confronted his mother,
0: she would say, oh, I'll just cash in uh, Frank's bond and everything will be okay. Because she claimed he had this bond that was worth a lot of money. I think it was worth, like, according to her, it was worth, like, $50,000. But spoiler alert, there was no bond. (laughs) That was just her way of getting, getting people to leave her alone. Yeah, is by claiming he had this bond. So at this point, Carol was 19 years old and still trying to figure out her own life. She started to get sick in the spring of 1979, but it was mild. It was like not really bad until later on in that summer. And then things became bad. She was nauseous, vomiting, and had extreme abdominal pain.
2: Oh, just like her father.
0: Right. But just like her father, all her tests came back normal. Then Carol started to experience numbness in her extremities. She was admitted to the hospital, but doctors found nothing wrong with her. Her doctor started to think her symptoms were psychosomatic, And called in a psychiatrist like they thought it was all just mental and that she was that stress and anxiety pretty much were causing these symptoms. So Carol was taken to the Caraway Methodist Hospital for a psychological evaluation. This place was super strict like the rooms didn't have telephones. If you wanted to call somebody, you had to walk to the nurse's station and they wouldn't even let you dial The phone number yourself. So during this time, Audrey was acting like this doting, loving, concerned mother, like being obsessed with Carol. At the beginning of her stay, she was examined by a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a psychiatric social worker, a neurologist, and a blood specialist. The nurses were also required to keep like detailed notes. Of anything they saw happening with Carol. But her symptoms were stomach distress, vomiting, weight loss, loss of strength. She had tingling numbness in her hands and feet. Some of her reflexes were dulled. She had lost complete sensation in the bottoms of her feet. She couldn't feel them at all. She moved awkwardly with like a jerky step. And there was like signs that she was anemic. The doctor's guess was it was a nutritional problem. Serious.
1: I mean, they're not wrong. Right. She's just taking in something that is...
0: Bad for her. Right.
1: In the extreme.
0: Well, they started giving her daily shots of vitamin B12. And during this time, they focused more on her mental health, even though that's clearly not the problem. No, it's all physical. Right. Audrey fed into this, though. She told she them that her daughter was having outbursts and sh- she had a short fuse and she was super depressed. And there was even an incident where she tried to commit suicide with Tylenol. Audrey also told the doctors that her daughter was smoking
2: pot all the time. So, well, I think if she was smoking pot, she would feel perfectly fine. <laughs> Right, she Uh, wouldn't have the numbness, were the mental health problems. She'd be feeling pretty good, (laughs) and she wouldn't be
0: vomiting, no, (laughs) or thin, or any of that shit. Well, after reviewing all of her tests, they prescribed her a tranquilizer and an antidepressant, along with those vitamin injections. So now they're giving her a tranquilizer. And a freaking antidepressant.
2: So they just want her to sleep her life away?
0: Apparently. But then give her a shot of B12? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought the same thing. Like that's, like, that's counterintuitive. Right. Well, she was kept at Caraway because her doctors wanted her to gain weight. And they were still convinced this was all a mental problem. So even though they did these tests, they gave these drugs, they were like, you still can't leave.
1: Okay, hold on a second. So, they're they're moni- are they monitoring her food at all because the only so thing I can think of is a
0: psychiatric of, ward of the hospital that she's on.
1: Well, all I'm thinking is if she's still experiencing all of these symptoms, either she got such an intense dose of whatever the poison is or the mom is continuing to feed her poisonous shit.
0: Well, Bobby, we're going to find out. All right. So Audrey was arrested while Carol was at this- For fraud? Hospital. Of some kind?
2: Oh, so close. (laughs) Passing bad checks. okay. Well, that's pretty close. Yeah. Uh, They were written to the life
0: insurance company, a furniture store, And quite a few other places, actually. It totaled to more than $5,000 in bad checks. Wait a second. So this, this lady, just so I get it straight, is trying to kill her daughter for a life insurance policy that she was writing bad checks to pay for. You are correct. Sounds so smart.
1: I guess she wasn't aggressive enough in trying to kill her daughter. Otherwise, she'd have had the money to pay him.
0: Well, or
1: gotten the policy awarded to her already.
0: Correct. So they charged her with obtaining money by false pretense to try to fix all of this nonsense. She went to the insurance company and wrote them another check for three (laughs) hundred and eighty dollars and twenty six cents. But it was from a different bank account. I
2: who would trust her? I wouldn't. Even, I'd be like, no, lady,
1: you want uh-uh. to stay here
0: for the take week. Your this checks, takes to
2: clear. Take your checks, your checks, and just shove them right up your ass. And if you don't pay me in cash, then forget about the life insurance. Well, she did this and wanted the life insurance
0: policy reinstated from the beginning of September, which was six days before this. So. She wanted them to make it where it would start six days before she was paying them. And like I said, she wrote this check from a different account. But, spoiler alert, that count was also already overdrawn. So, it was pointless. It was freaking pointless.
2: Uh, Yeah, that check is also eventually going to bounce.
0: Right. Yeah, like I said, just stand here for the week. This takes to clear and we'll... (laughs) We'll talk about it. (laughs) Well, Audrey's son, Mike, started to suspect his mother of being involved in the death of his father. He called the coroner's office to ask if being poisoned could cause the same symptoms as infectious hepatitis, and could they dig up his father and find out? He was told, yes, it could cause the same symptoms. Some poisons they said some poisons could account for the symptoms his dad had but there was not enough evidence to do a second autopsy audrey stepped up her game with carol in the days after she wrote the checks to the insurance company like she wasn't playing anymore so she's when she visited her at the hospital she gave her two small round orange pills and carol had no fight left in her so she just took the pills She didn't recognize what they were. She just took them because her mother told her to and that they would help her. The next day, she told Carol a story about a girl with the same issues as her and how her mother gave her a medication that helped her. She lied to Carol days later and told her that a nurse friend of hers gave her that medication and asked Carol if she wanted to try it but told her they had to keep it a secret. At this point, Carol didn't even care. She was like, "Sure, I'll try it." So, her mom told her to roll over, and before, like, she was gonna give her a shot in the butt.
1: I thought you were gonna say she was going to give her the pills suppository style. I was no, like, she's gonna yeesh, give them. She's yuck.
0: giving her an injection in her butt, which butt she's injection. but which she's done previously since she started getting sick but she had told carol before that that medication was for nausea and that it would work better if she oh so she had it.
2: been continuously injecting her with medicine with poison. with poison so
1: it wasn't the food
2: no it was in injections which carol was already getting b12 injections so she could just like oh i'm giving you giving you your Shot of B twelve. Well, this one, Carol actually asked if she could see
0: what the medicine looked like, and she said it was filled with a cloudy white liquid, which most medicine is not cloudy, and white. There is some, but not a lot that you're going to get injected. I was gonna into say your I butt. feel
2: like not that they're going to give you in an injection.
0: Well, I mean, there's an anesthetic that's white and cloudy. But again, they're not giving you that in your butt. It hurt a lot, she said, when her mom gave her that shot. But she dealt with it. Audrey gave Carol two more of those shots the next day. Two in one day? Yes. Carol didn't think the injections were working, but at the same time, she just wanted to go home so badly and get out of this hospital that she was willing to do whatever her mother said. And she started pretending like the medicine was working, hoping that these doctors would let her go home if she could be convincing that it was helping her, but it was not. Carol had been in the hospital for three weeks at this point, and Audrey was freaking out. She was staying in a motel, still writing bad checks to the insurance company, and trying to convince herself that her money problems were almost over. What she didn't know was that the insurance company check, guess what, had already bounced and they were no longer accepting checks from her anymore. Like it was, they closed that policy completely. So she didn't even have life insurance on her or Carol or Mike anymore. And Carol didn't keep Their secret. She had told her friend that Audrey was giving her injections, and her friend called her aunt, Carol's aunt, Frank's sister, who then called Mike. And Mike was like, What do you mean my mom's giving my sister injections? Way to go, Carol. So he calls Carol at the hospital and he asks her point blank Did mom give you injections? At first, she denied it because she was scared, but he pressed her harder and she told the truth. So, Carol's doctors at Callaway were, like, super confused because her symptoms were getting worse, obviously. She couldn't even walk at this point. Like, she had oh no. tried to walk to her, from her room to the nurse's station to make a phone call and had fallen in the hallway Because her legs were, like, not working. Her brother was also now telling these doctors that their mother had given Carol secret injections. And nurses were telling them that they also thought Audrey was making Carol worse. And the neurologist said her nervous system was shutting down at an alarming rate. Holy shit.
1: I am... Just the curiosity is killing me. What the fuck was she injecting?
0: If I had my guesses, it's arsenic. Well, he, her doctor decided he was going to ban all visitors, including her mother. Thank God. He's Good. like, no, you can't come here. Well, this pissed off Audrey, but it also pissed off Carol because she b- believed her mom was trying to help her. She didn't believe that her mom was trying to harm her and she didn't want to be at this hospital all by her damn self she wanted her mom with her which i can get that like if you i mean yeah i understand but at the same time i hope that they just reinforced it and didn't let audrey back well we're gonna find out audrey signed carol out of that hospital the very next day the fuck Uh,
1: of course
0: when that doctor Would not agree to let her see Carol. She was like, nope, not staying here. So she took her back to the motel that she had been staying in. But she quickly realized that she couldn't take care of her by herself. Because Carol couldn't even walk from the car to the hospital room. Because her legs were like freaking useless. The hotel room. That's what I meant. What did I say? Hospital. Oh. To the... Motel room. There we I'll go. say motel because it's not as fancy as a hotel. <laughs> That's okay. We're there now. So Audrey decided to take Carol to the University of Alabama Hospital emergency room. She did all the talking And whispering like she had done with every doctor before, not letting Carol say anything. So Carol just sat there watching because she knew what was going to happen. But finally, a doctor saw through her mother. And she took Carol up for an x-ray and asked Carol to tell her her story. Good. Like what has been going on? So it was the first time anyone thought to listen to the nineteen year old that's trying to tell you. Yeah, she's an adult and can sign all of her own fucking papers. Well, this doctor called in other doctors. Supposed to say another doctor. They called in another doctor after she heard Carol's story. And it was a young neurologist named Brian Thompson. After his exam, he thought that she was like so thin she looked like a famine victim. Oh, like she had been starved to death? Yes. Poor Carol. She had no feeling in her feet or legs. She was pretty much paralyzed from the knee down, and her hands were useless. Like she couldn't even pick anything up or you do anything with her hands. And this happened
2: all in a 3 week three time. Weeks. 3 week time span.
0: I feel so bad for Carol. They also decided to keep her in the hospital but this f- female doctor it never said her name like promised her that she would find out what was wrong with carol like it, sh- they wouldn't just blow it off like every other doctor had been doing well dr thompson was just starting his neural neurology residency so he was like still super much into writing everything down drawing diagrams like paying attention to every little detail because he, you know, is just starting out. He's not, you know, been doing this for 50 years. And so he noticed that her mother was hovering and wouldn't let Carol out of her sight. But detectives showed up at the hospital and arrested Audrey again for more bad check charges. Thank goodness. Yay. She had failed to show up For her hearing for the first bad check charges. And this furniture store that she owed money to was like tired of it and was like, no, we're pressing charges. Like we want our money. Good. Well, Carol didn't know what was happening. Her mother lied about why the men were there to take her. So she was scared to be in this new hospital all by herself. So she called her aunt, her father's sister. Her name is Frida. Why is she being moved? She's in a totally different hospital, Shauna. Who's being moved? What are you talking about? Well, I'm just slightly confused because you said Carol was... She's scared to be in this new hospital all by herself. Like, oh. remember she was at the psychiatric ward hospital. Her mom took her out and had her in a motel for a night. But Couldn't was... take care
2: of her and then so took her to took a, a her different to a hospital. hospital. Okay.
0: So this is like... She's not been at this hospital for very long, and her mom is now getting arrested. Okay. And Carol doesn't want to be here by herself, so she calls her Aunt Frida. Frida drove straight to the hospital, but like Mike, she suspected everything that was happening to Carol was the fault of Audrey. So she wanted to speak to Dr. Tom- Thompson directly. Like that, She was like, yes, I will come sit with you in this hospital, but... I- since I know your mom isn't there I'm talking to your doctor I would have damn done it anyway so at first he seemed not to believe Frida he her story sounded like a soap opera but he started asking questions which made him start to change his mind so he went straight to Carol's room now he was Suspecting heavy metal poisoning is what he thought at first. So like like lead, Mm. mercury, or arsenic. But he decided if it was being injected into Carol, it most likely had to be arsenic. Arsenic poisoning, once in the bloodstream, could go throughout the body. It causes nausea, diarrhea, and other gastrointestinal symptoms. At the same time, it attacks the nervous system, starting with the hands and feet and working towards the center of the body. Over time, some of the poison will leave the body, but what is left remaining forms compounds that are stored in your bones, skin, and hair, which they can test for five years after your last dose of arsenic, by the way. Well, the fastest way to test for arsenic poisoning was to check the f- fingernails and toenails. Arsenic takes the pink away from nails, creating a whitish line across your nail. These lines are called Aldridge Meese lines and would start about six weeks.
1: <laughs> we're, all, we're all here, like, looking at our nails, do it. Have I... <laughs> okay, I'm good. I'm safe.
2: No, nope, my nobody, are pink. <laughs> no, nobody's I poisoning me. I, I couldn't tell you.
1: <laughs>
0: well, these lines usually start about six weeks after the arsenic has entered your body. Oh, okay. shit. So it's not immediate, people. Dr. Thompson asked Carol to see her hands. Then he checked her toes, and sure enough, she had the white lines running across Every single nail. Yeah, because her mother was injecting her like with a lot of it. Yeah, daily. He quickly, in his mind, ruled out any other reason she could have these white lines. Because you can have them for other reasons also. Um, so to him, that meant Carol was suffering from arsenic poisoning. Because she didn't have any of the other symptoms of the other things that could cause these lines. A problem then became that arsenic poisoning... Ugh, <laughs> I don't know why that was hard to say. Arsenic poisoning had, n- has no treatment unless it is caught within 24 hours. Oh, oh damn. Fuck. So the effects Carol was having in her nervous system... She would have for a lifetime. Sh- there, were, there was no treatment for Dr. Thompson had Carol move to the 11th floor... And he told the nurses that Audrey was not allowed to come near Carol. And they started running further tests on her urine and her hair the next day. Because those are two other ways to tell if you've been, arse- you've been given arsenic. So then Mike called the coroner again to tell him that his sister was being poisoned by arsenic and that his mother did it. He wanted to know the truth about his father. And the coroner asked him to send it all in a letter. So he, he didn't want to do it because he loved his mom. But he also wanted to know the truth. Like if she had killed their dad. So he did what the coroner asked. Once the coroner got off the phone with Mike, he called a detective whose name is Gary Carroll, which makes it kind of confusing. So we're going to call him Gary. To let him know... What was going on? Well, Gary, Detective Gary, was involved with Audrey back when she was doing all this crazy phone calls and fake intruder bullshit. So he knew exactly who she was. And she had sweet talked one of the other police officers in that police force to the point that he this dude was sleeping with Audrey for a long time. She had like used her charm to get into the pants of this police officer, not Wait, this just one. Air
1: quote pants, yeah, <laughs> I did, <laughs> but
0: not Gary. Gary's a good guy,
1: quote unquote, charm to get into his quote unquote pants. Yeah.
2: <laughs> good job, Gary. So she was a master manipulator of yes, men, to very get, much so, to get so- whatever the hell she wanted, and she wanted an in. Everywhere. With, right. So, so that she's a
0: narcissist. So that is why she was creating the fake intruders and whatever is she wanted it into the police force. Gotcha. So over the next couple of days, the detective gathered evidence to use against Audrey. He talked to Carol's doctors, got Frank's medical records, had samples from Carol sent to the FBI labs, and he even spoke to Carol. For a hardened detective, he felt really bad for what Audrey had done to Carol. While they were talking, a nurse had brought her lunch, and it took her 45 minutes to eat because her hands were claw-like from the arsenic damage so she couldn't straighten out her fingers. Uh, Who wouldn't feel bad for Carol? She's 19 and she can't, yeah. She's lost mobility at this point. Yeah, it's horrible. The test confirmed that Carol had been poisoned with arsenic. And when Detective Gary told a toxicologist the symptoms Frank had, he agreed those matched arsenic, arsenic poisoning as well. And this meant it was time to talk to Audrey. He first asked her about the deaths of her mother and Frank. Because Detective Gary also thinks she had something to do with her mother's death. She just explained their illnesses and their doctor visits. He asked if she ever gave her mother a shot of anything. And she said, yeah, morphine. A couple times. when." The nurses
2: couldn't come and do it. She just took it upon herself. Like, yeah, I'll give you a shot of morphine.
0: Sure, but who's to say you actually gave her fucking morphine, you psycho? So, Detective Gary made a mental note to check her mother to see if there was a possible second murder victim. When he asked about Carol, she did the same thing. She just went through every detail of her symptoms and her hospital stays saying no one could figure out what was wrong he asked if she gave carol medication at any point her answer at first was just a nausea depressant like that's all she had ever given her is something to stop her nausea but then the detective hold on but then asked the detective if he was talking about all medications because there were so many prescribed by the doctors. So were you meaning like any medication or
2: what? So she answered, really? but then acted like she was confused. Really? She's like, I'm going to try to get him on a technicality. Yeah. Like, no, bitch. Why did would you? Is any medications whatsoever did you give your daughter?
0: But why would you even backtrack to try to get him on a technicality at that point? Because she's a narcissist. He then asked her if she knew what Carol's diagnosis was, and she said yes, that Mike had told her. So Mike had called her while she was in prison and said Carol's got arsenic poisoning. After asking a few more questions, he asked if she knew how Carol would have gotten arsenic in her system, and Audrey said she Did not even know where to get arsenic. Well, obviously you do because who else would have been giving it to her? He asked again if she gave Carol an injection while she was at the Carraway Hospital and she denied it until he flat out said he knew she did. At that point, she said it was more of the nausea medication. So she tried to lie about it and he was like, no, I know you did because your daughter said you did. And then she was like, Oh, yeah, I gave her some more of that anti nausea medication. But why would you lie about doing that? Why would why would you hide that? So he asked where she got this medication. And she claimed a nurse in one of the hospitals gave it to her, kind of, you know, under the table. But All that did was make Detective Gary question why she would give her daughter a medication she could not be sure was even what this so-called nurse claimed it was. Like, you have no proof that what this pretend nurse gave you is actually what she said. He wanted to know why she wouldn't just ask Carol's doctor for the medication. Like, if you think it's so important and it's helping her, why aren't you just being like,
2: yeah, hey, I've heard of this medicine that's supposed to help with what my daughter has going on. Can we give that to her?
0: So to this, she said she tried to ask the doctors, but they just ignored her. You know, they didn't want to listen to Sweet old Audrey. She said she wasn't proud of it, but she was desperate to help her daughter. And wouldn't you do anything to help your daughter when she's in agony? Okay. Ugh. Ugh. Help.
1: Put her her out of her misery. Give her more arsenic. Right.
0: Well, Audrey also questioned him, wanting to know (laughs) why she would take her her daughter to so many hospitals if she was the one poisoning her
2: um i don't know because they were catching on to you (laughs) like she said wouldn't it make more sense if she
0: had just kept her at home instead of you know taking her to hospitals the detective stood his ground though and tried to get audrey to admit that she gave her daughter arsenic but audrey would not budge she was like No, I'm not admitting to that. Not in a hundred years. No, you would take your daughter to the hospital so that you didn't look suspicious of her just dying in your damn home. Right? Well, the detective did not get any answers really out of her about Frank's death or Carol's attempted murder. Audrey was a smart woman and knew how to answer all of his questions without giving anything away. The next day, the detective and the coroner took a form to Audrey to sign, giving them permission to exhume Frank's body. Oh, they needed her permission. They did not need her permission. It was just a way to see her reaction. They wanted to see how she would react. Oh, okay. so they're playing oh, mind games. Yeah, they did not need her permission.
1: They're playing. They head were head trying games to see her. if she
2: would freak out and panic. Like, right. no, no, there's no reason for that. I yeah, like. It's like putting mm-hmm. someone through a lie detector test
0: and then lying that you know they lied, which they're allowed to do. Well, to their disappointment, she willingly signed the paper with no fuss, acted like it was no big deal. Like, absolutely. You, you know, wanna... honestly,
2: that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you want to exhume his body? You go right ahead. Yeah, yeah sure. She's
1: probably not? just super confident that she's not going to get caught.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, what time period did this happen? It's in the 70s. They prob- she probably thought that after, how long has he been dead? A couple of years. That they wouldn't be able to find arsenic actually in his de- decomposed but body. remember, Shauna, she doesn't even know how to get arsenic. Hello. I'm just <laughs> saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she
0: probably felt that it uh, absorbed, like, dissipated from his body by now. Well, Frank's body was exhumed. The very next day, and sent for a new autopsy. Carrie, who is Frank's mother, was diagnosed with cancer during all of this crap. And Frida, his sister, couldn't help but think Audrey had something to do with it. Like,
2: So now everybody in the family is like, as soon as somebody gets yes. ill, Audrey's fucking poisoning us all. <laughs> <laughs> She's well, taking us all down. So I left
0: a lot of that out because... You know, this would have been an even longer thing, but I will tell you now, since you know this is arsenic, uh, 100% she tried to kill all of them.
2: The entire damn family. Seriously? Like every Every every
0: single single one of them were sick at some point in time while staying with Audrey. Even to the point that Mike's wife, she caused her to miscarry. Oh, oh, my, God. Her my first, fucking God. Her first child after, like, they hadn't even been married very long. And she had convinced Mike and his wife to live with her to help take care of her mother who was dying at the time. And so his wife was helping her take care of her mom. And at the s- same time, she was giving this poor girl Arsenic while she was pregnant. Oh my God.
2: So, so then my assumption is that she wasn't giving it to all of them through injections, it was in different, varying ways. She was somehow giving them arsenic.
0: She did give Carol orange pills. Yeah. She was pretty much any way she could give them arsenic, she was giving them arsenic. I guess I shouldn't say this, but you can also mix it with liquids and it will dissolve. Yeah, I know nothing about it. So, everybody is like this chick is trying to kill people pretty much well they because they at some point in time she had lived with all of her family like she lived with mike and his wife at her original house when they first got married and the girl was pregnant she lived with frida for a very short period of time when they came back from florida because her and carol didn't have a place to live and that's when carrie frank's mom was like oh you can move in with me and just pay the electric and half of the phone bill so she had lived with all of them during this time period and they had all ended up getting sick well because of this frida was like bitches in jail i'm going through all of her shit i'm gonna search all of her shit because the cops hadn't charged her with anything yet So it's not like they can come in and do a search warrant yet. So Frida starts going through her stuff. And at first she goes through her stuff she left at Carrie's house. And she found a pill vial with some clear odorless liquid inside. So she immediately took that to the police station. While Detective Gary held this pill vial in his hand, it made him realize, like, oh crap, no one searched her Purse when she got arrested, it just went into like into holding holding because she was just here for bad checks. So, him seeing this pill vial was like, I need to check her purse. And so, inside, he found more vials. Two were empty. Once, what the hell? One had uh, Maren written on it, and it was like it also said for eyes. And it was like half full. The other was full of these pills. He also found a headache medication that had packets of white powder inside. Cocaine. Arsenic. Who knows? All these things were like sent to the lab. So all of these pill vials and crap. Varying liquids and pills. After this, he went to see Carrie in the hospital. So Frank's mom was in the hospital. For her to sign a paper giving him permission to go search her house. Because that's, Audrey had stuff there still. So they found more medication bottles.
2: Jesus Christ.
0: Almond flavoring bottle. Mm. uh, A glass bowl. And they also found all of the insurance paperwork from the insurance policies. Detective Gary hand-delivered all of these items to the crime lab because he was like, nothing is about to happen to this evidence. Like, it ain't getting mailed. I'm gonna drive it there. Right. Frida was overwhelmed by everything going on. She remembered that Audrey had stored stuff in her garage from when she had stayed with them briefly. So Frida was... Like overwhelmed, she was the one now also taking care of
2: Carol, because right, Carol, Carol had... literally can't do anything. And for she, herself.
0: she, they actually let Carol come home from the hospital at, to live with Frida. Like they allowed that to happen, but she wasn't allowed to go anywhere near Audrey. Um, she started going through all this stuff at her house and. Oh, my God, I lost my place. Sorry, people. <laughs> oh, they they had also brought the stuff that Audrey had at the motel to Frida's house also. So she has, like, her recent stuff. Okay, and then all of the
2: stuff that she stored there from when she lived there briefly.
0: Right. So she started going through it to see if there was anything else she could give to Detective Gary. She found... A paper bag with glass jars in it, shoved into a box full of books. The three of them were baby food jars, and the other one
2: was Cowley's rat and mouse poison.
1: So it's not
2: just and arsenic. So it wasn't just arsenic. It was any kind of poison she could get her hands on. She was just like, eh.
1: I'm pretty sure the main component in and rat poison is, is arsenic, arsenic. So she might oh, just Oh, so be she's
2: using the rat poisoning. To,
1: ex- like, she's extracting the arsenic yeah. from the rat poison.
2: Yeah. Like,
0: gotcha. That's how a, a lot of people do it, is with rat poison. Because it's tasteless. It doesn't have an odor. Tasteless,
1: and, odorless. Yeah. Colorless. Iocane powder. <laughs>
0: I have no idea but <sighs> so
1: princess bride you've never seen princess bride i have
2: but... <laughs> This is like a million years ago
1: iocane powder
2: inconceivable
0: okay <laughs> well <laughs> at this point like i said carol is living with frida so when frida finds this stuff in audrey's boxes she races upstairs to show carol She's like, look what I just found
2: in your mom's Your mother crap. was definitely poisoning you.
0: Well, Carol had given an interview to the newspaper a couple of days before this and had told the reporter that she would not believe her mother did this to her until it was proven. This bottle was not enough to prove it to her. Seriously? No. It's her mom, guys. Like, Yeah, she was like... I still don't believe my mom I don't, would do this. I to don't me. want well, to like go back to this like, but Gypsy Rose could you she even, could never believe her mom did that to her until she physically started finding the proof. Could you like yeah it's like a hard thing to be like my mom would put me in this position where I can't feel my legs from the knees well, down or use my hands that's
1: Well you think about it though if you're in a position where a lot of people are saying oh well your mom did this And then you, you know, you stop getting any worse. Once your mom goes away, you go to your aunt's house and your aunt goes, I just went through your mom's stuff. Here's this. Then do you believe your aunt and the doctors and all them? And like
2: doctors are literally looking at you and saying you have been poisoned. Someone is poisoning you with arsenic. Yeah, she knows somebody's poisoning her with arsenic. It's just
0: she doesn't want to believe that it was her mother. It's more or less that it's not that she doesn't believe. It's it's just that she just doesn't want to. She's like 100% in denial because it's like what I said. It's hard to think that a mother would put you in that. that, Yeah. Yeah. Well, preliminary results came out on Frank... The lab said he had significant amounts of arsenic in his body, but they were still running tests to determine his cause of death. They also said that Lucille Fraser, so her mother, had traces of arsenic in her tissues, but further testing was also going to be done on her body. Audrey had been in jail for the bad check charges when she was arrested for the attempted murder of Carol. Her bond was set for $10,000 for the attempted murder and $2,000 for each of her other charges. One of her lawyers called Mike to ask him to bail her out, but he said no. He wanted her to stay in jail. All he could think about was all the time he and his wife had been sick when his mother was around. His wife, like I said, had miscarried a baby at one of these times. So as much as he still loved his mom, he's like, no. Hell to the no,
2: she's staying in jail. And his right. sister, like, but but it's he a did, good way to
0: protect Carol. But he did agree to come and make phone calls to people for the lawyer, and he told them he'll try to get the money to get her out, but in reality, he didn't.
1: No, he's probably calling people like, hey, if they call you looking for her bail, refuse it.
0: Pretty much. Detective Gary also wanted her to stay in jail because she was quoted telling her cellmate that if she got Bond, she was going to run. Like, she flat out told her cellmate. Well, yeah, I'm sure she has a whole
2: plan and everything set in place for disappearing. Right.
0: Well, the thing is that over the years, Audrey had worked as a secretary for a lot of prominent people in that town. And also slept with them. And also slept with them. So, she was bailed out on Saturday, November 9th by four, like, four people went in together to pay her bond of $14,000 but it was under the stipulation that if they she didn't come back in 3 weeks for her hearing that they had to pay that like they pretty much didn't actually give the money up front it was like a we'll let her out on your word that you're going to keep track oh, okay, of Okay so we're just going to build up more debt pretty much and if she doesn't come back in three weeks, then yes, you have to pay this $14,000. And that's on November 9th. So they expected the narcissist to care that these people were bailing her out so that she wouldn't run. Absolutely, Shauna. So, cool beans. That's, that's part one, everybody. She's oh. bailed out of jail now.
1: Oh, wait, man. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Oh, uh, you're going to leave us on a cliffhanger like that? I am
0: freaking annoyed. 100%.
2: I know.
1: Aww. The level
2: of eye rolls, like, I could see the back of the, like, the inside of my skull because this woman is just, the. Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh, man, she's such a
0: good person. She has paid all of her debts, and she cares about everybody. It was about the sex, man. They were like, she was awesome. I'll give yeah, you. But, I mean, money. it's just <laughs> killing
2: me that like four dudes collectively got together and were like, "Yeah, she was a good bang." So let's like all get together and bail her out. Like that is just like sounds so fucking ridiculous. You to know me. what?
1: Yeah, and while we're I don't at think it, think let's I've start ever a heard a dude say someone was a good bang. <laughs>
2: hey, you know what? In the seventies, <laughs> they might have.
1: <laughs> you know what? Maybe.
0: <laughs> well, everybody, now you have to wait. And see what happens with Audrey Marie Hilly and her
2: escapades. I swear to God, if she <laughs> oh if she runs, I'm gonna be so aggravated.
1: Come back next week.
2: Hey boo boo. Hey boo hey, hey, boo. Also, <laughs> though, also <laughs> Oh, that was too much. <laughs> so did the, f- the the four gentlemen actually pay the money? No, not yet. They have, they have
0: it's three like an weeks. A, it's an agreement that they have. They with, did it on credit. It's pretty much like
2: credit. Oh, court, oh, so, okay, that's what I'm confused about. So, like, the court system. Was it, like, you guys are prominent? Credit? Well,
0: because these
2: <laughs> like, were
1: prominent, did They put her on layaway. It was pretty much,
0: they're prominent people in Anniston. So, they were like, oh, we know you're good for it. So... But if she doesn't come to her hearing in three weeks, then you owe us $14,000. Yeah, well, it's the
2: fucking legal system. It doesn't make any sense to me that they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to let her out of jail on on a promise, on a credit. (laughs) Like, that's the fuck? Like, who does that? Apparently, Anniston,
0: Alabama. I'm sorry. That would be like, in today, they set the bond at a million
2: dollars, but,
0: like. Seven if people are like, oh, yeah, we got to, this. If you we got this. promise
2: to pay it later. You can go ahead and leave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's dumb as hell. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what happens. And, like, and, okay. You can find out next week on what she does when she gets out of said jail for Ugh, 14, poisoning 000. her entire family.
1: Oh, <laughs> I can't the wait. The bad checks. I'm excited.
0: Who cares about the fucking bad checks? (laughs) Uh, That furniture store and the life insurance company. They want their damn money. Well, my thing is, is now she should know that uh, they know it's a bad check and there is no life insurance (laughs) policy. So, (laughs) well, now she knows that. That's what I'm saying. So, the arsenic should stop. (laughs) Yeah, I doubt it. All right, well, see you next week.
1: All right. So, make sure you come back next week. Check out the second half. And in the meantime, go check out um, our website, missingmurderedhaunted.com. Uh, check us out on Instagram and Facebook, at Missing Murdered Haunted on Instagram and Missing Murdered Haunted Podcast on Facebook. Share it with your friends so that they can hear the whole story too. Don't talk to strangers.
0: If you have any case ideas, you can email
2: us at
1: Missing Murdered Haunted at com. And y'all have anything else you want to add in?
2: Nope. No, just that I'm aggravated. <laughs> also <laughs> aggravated and no.
1: All right. We'll see y'all next week.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye bye bye
0: bye. Bye. bye.